Hello, and welcome to another edition about the Peters children. Before we begin this week's story, Penelope the Peacemaker, we want to give parents a heads up about its content. The story includes a candid discussion about Santa Claus between some of the girls in Penelope's class. Though the participants in the discussion are somewhat dogmatic in their differing beliefs, it is not our intention to spoil anyone's Christmas or to make a statement with regard to family traditions and beliefs. We believe, as the Bible clearly states, that as believers, we have liberty in Christ. That liberty extends to holding to varying ideas about cultural icons and the like. This story makes no claims about Santa Claus one way or the other. The bottom line is, the Bible teaches that our speech is to be kind and edifying, and above all, we are to reflect love toward everyone. Be aware, too, that there is a small part of the story where the girls discuss the death of a goldfish. It is a typical conversation between kids about those types of issues. As parents ourselves, we've had those discussions with our kids, and if you haven't yet, be assured that you will someday. We hope you enjoyed this week's story. As always, if you hear a hymn title or a line from a hymn in the story, email your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. And if yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. This week, we didn't have a winner, though we received some answers. But keep trying! The hymn in last week's story, Lizzie Takes the Lord's Name in Vain, was All Creatures of Our God and King. Let's get to the story. Penelope, the Peacemaker. With Christmas right around the corner, there was a buzz in the air on the final day before Christmas break at Evergreen Elementary. School children everywhere, including high school and college students, look forward to Christmas break. Outside, it was cold and gray and dreary. The last of the leaves had long ago released their grips on their food source and dropped to the ground awaiting their fate, either to be raked and collected or to decompose into nutrients for the spring's growth. Penelope Peters found herself preoccupied as she sat staring out through Mrs. Grable's art classroom window, silently pleading for the gray clouds to release a burst of snow before Christmas. So far, the weather had been dry, which was such a disappointment to Penelope and Pearson. For several days in succession, Penelope had been promising her baby sisters Priscilla and Patience that they would see their first snowfall this winter. She would sweetly whisper in their sweet little ears, Won't it be wonderful for you to see your first snowfall? Hopefully soon! Deep in thought, Penelope paid no attention to Mrs. Grable until she walked past Penelope's desk and gently touched her hand, reminding her to pay attention to the final instructions about pointillism. Quickly, Penelope snapped too and began copying to her paper what she saw on the whiteboard. Dot, dot, dot dot. Still, it was especially difficult to pay attention. She kept thinking about the snow and had a hard time staying focused on pointillism. All she could see in her mind's eye at the present was a white Christmas. But she followed Mrs. Grable's directive and forced herself to finish her picture of a holly berry bunch using pointillism. She glanced over at Emily's paper. Emily was such a talented artist. She didn't think Emily's work could be any more perfect than it was. The red of the holly berries was brilliant, and the contrasting green of the leaves made for a stunning Christmas picture. So pretty, Penelope whispered to Emily, who whispered back, Thank you. 
By the end of class, the children were allowed to eat the mini candy canes that Mrs. Grable had handed to each one of them. They were classic red and white candy canes and tasted a perfectly minty peppermint. The children observed one another's art pieces and fell into conversation, which was all centered on but what else? On Christmas, of course. I can't wait until Christmas, Sophia exclaimed loudly to the other girls in the vicinity of her desk. Me neither. The answer came back almost simultaneously. What do you think Santa will bring you? Sophia excitedly asked Maddie Turner. Oh, I don't know. I'm hoping for a new bike. Penelope smiled at Maddie's answer and restrained herself, knowing that she had long ago been warned not to ruin Santa Claus for anyone. Penelope didn't believe in Santa Claus, and Daddy and Mama Peters had always instructed Pearson and Penelope, it is not your job to tell other children that Santa doesn't exist. That warning had come with even greater emphasis when Pearson had blabbed to Logan Smith that Santa was fake when they were four years old. Logan was so upset that he had cried, and from then on had underscored the importance of Pearson and Penelope keeping certain matters close to the heart. Penelope hardly understood this. It seemed nonsensical for children to believe in something that wasn't real. But Mama Peters had frequently reminded Penelope that eventually everyone would know the truth, and if moms and dads wanted to play pretend with their children, it was perfectly within their judgment to do so. Penelope still didn't quite get it, but she listened to her parents and obeyed what they said. She sure didn't want to spoil anyone else's Christmas. What about you, Penelope? Sophia was looking in her direction. What do you hope Santa will bring you? Well, she hesitated, unsure of how to answer. Penelope doesn't believe in Santa, Emily interjected. You don't believe in Santa? Sophia demanded accusingly. Penelope stuttered and, and, and stammered, I, 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 Emily. Penelope was a bit bothered that her dear friend had betrayed her confidence. Well, why not? Sophia pressed. Because he's not real, Sophia, Emily continued. Well, that's not exactly the reason, Penelope began before being cut off by Sophia. What? What do you mean? You don't believe in Santa either? Sophia turned to Emily. Penelope was relieved that the attention was on Emily and not her for a minute, but she wondered how Emily would get out of this conversation. Well, Santa isn't real, Sophia. My mom told me a long time ago that Santa's not real. Think of how hard it would be for anyone to get presents for everyone in the whole world and to deliver them to every single person in a single night. That's crazy. Emily was determined to get her point across, even though she was less than gracious. It's magic. It's Christmas magic. Besides, it's not for everyone. It's only for boys and girls who have been good all year. Sophia was staunch in her beliefs and wasn't giving an inch. That doesn't make any sense. How do you know who's good and who's bad? Emily countered. Well, you know when you're good or bad. Really? All year long, you can't do anything, anything wrong? Emily challenged. Well, Sophia seemed slightly rattled by this point. Well, you... You can do some things, but not like everything. Well, like what? Emily wasn't letting go. She was bound and determined to win this argument. Well, well you know what I mean, Emily. You, you kind of have to, well, you have to be mostly good. Sophia sounded frustrated. In a haughty, self-assured voice, Emily answered, Well, my parents give me presents whether I'm good or not. 
It had become a full-blown argument between the girls, and Sophia had no intention of giving in. Okay, everyone, raise your hand if you believe in Santa. Several hands shot up. Though Penelope noticed more than she expected, did not raise their hands. Penelope, though, knew things were not going well. She was troubled by Emily's harsh tones and by the argument that was occurring. She gave a quick scan around the classroom, hoping in desperation that Mrs. Grable would show up and intervene. But she was engrossed with chatting with a group of boys and explaining something about artwork. Their class party, if you can call it that, was quickly becoming a class fight. Penelope gave up on the idea that Mrs. Grable would come to the rescue and quickly thought about what she needed to do. She was trying frantically to think about how she could help bring a resolution to this situation. But she could tell by what Sophia said next that she had no mind to quell the argument anytime soon. See? There are way more girls who believe in Santa than the ones who don't. You think we're all wrong, Emily? Oh, sheesh. I'm saying that you all don't know the truth, Emily answered sharply. We don't think you know the truth, Emily Johnson. Well, ask any adult if they believe in Santa. Emily, too, was only interested in getting her point across. No adults believe in Santa, Sophia. They don't. Emily's voice was slightly raised, but it was forceful. Well, my mom believes in Santa Claus. She said so. Sophia was downright offended and angry by now. Well, Sophia, I don't know what to say about that. What do you want me to say? You could tell that Sophia's feelings were hurt and she was frustrated as her eyes began to fill with tears and she announced, All of you who believe in Santa can come to my birthday party. Flippy felt that her hands were moist from sweating, but she knew now that she had to act and do something right then. Emily? Sophia? Can we all talk? Both girls turned to look at Penelope and nodded in agreement. Well, I think we should talk after class. Since we're having our final class of the day after, and it's P.E., we can all talk outside and maybe we'll have calmed down, Penelope offered meekly. All the girls agreed to this plan and continued to enjoy their candy canes, although they now were seated in two groups, the pro-Santa girls on one side of the room and the ones who didn't believe in Santa on the other side of the room. At the first opportunity, Emily turned to Penelope and asked, Why didn't you say anything, Pen? What do you, what do you mean? Penelope asked, unsure of what Emily was asking. Why didn't you say you didn't believe in Santa? Why was I the only one? Emily, I'm not supposed to really talk about that with people who believe in Santa. Daddy and Mama Peters don't want Pearson and me to ruin Christmas for others. Mama says that if parents want to teach their children about Santa Claus, they can. I didn't know what to say. Well, that was really stinky, Emily answered as she folded her arms. Em, can't you understand? I have to obey Mama Peters. And you know what? You were pretty rude. You were saying things that weren't really kind. Well, I don't think it's kind to let people believe lies either, Emily shot back. Emily, I don't know if people are lying. I don't know if that's considered lying, Penelope answered. Of course it is. Moms aren't telling their kids the truth. But a lie isn't always when we don't tell the truth. That's what Mama says, anyway, Penelope sweetly replied. What do you mean? Emily asked genuinely. 
Her curiosity was getting the best of her. I mean, you don't always have to go around saying things just so everyone knows everything. Do you remember when we were little and Puffy died? Emily nodded as she thought back to the time that her goldfish Puffy had died and had been floating upside down in her fishbowl. Yeah, I remember that. Well, it's sort of like that, Penelope replied. Your mom flushed Puffy down the toilet and told you that Puffy was going to join her fish friends in the ocean. You and I both thought that Puffy would go off and swim with all of her friends. And in a way, Puffy was going to the ocean. But remember when we went to the sanitary district for our field trip, and we found out that they burn all of the trash that comes in the pipes, and then they clean the water, and then they send the water to the ocean? And we knew that, in a way, Puffy went to the ocean. But it really wasn't to swim with her fish friends. She was dead. But I think your mom didn't think we were old enough to understand that. And she didn't want us to be super sad. So she didn't explain it all the way. But your mom's not a liar. Some things just have to wait until we're older. Emily, who had been listening intently to Penelope, cleared her throat and blinked hard. But she couldn't hold back the tears as she thought about Puffy and then Sophia. Pen, you're right. I do think it's sad that Puffy died. But I was probably too young to really understand it. And now I feel sad for Sophia. Because she's too young to understand. That sounded kind of funny to Penelope, since Sophia was actually the oldest in her class. But she was thankful that Emily was displaying kindness and understanding. So maybe you should remember to be gentle when you talk to Sophia after class. Okay, Em? Emily nodded, and she and Penelope high-fived each other. The bell rang, signaling that it was time for P.E., where there was also a Christmas celebration planned. So after only running one lap, the P.E. teacher, Mrs. Atkinson, released everyone to the playground. For free play, Penelope ran alongside the other girls to the monkey bar area. Despite her winter coat and fast running, she shivered inside, though there was a definite chill in the air. Her coldness was probably more due to the fact that she was nervous about the upcoming conversation with Sophia. Penelope was disheartened because she noticed that Sophia seemed as cold as ever, and that had nothing to do with the chilly weather. It was that she seemed unfriendly. She was angry with Emily and all of the other girls who didn't believe in Santa. She stood her ground on the playground, her arms crossed and her head cocked to one side. Well, Penelope, what is it you think we all need to talk about? Sophia asked in a rude kind of way. Penelope paid no attention to her rude tone and remembered what Daddy Peters always said about Jesus. Pen, Jesus never once replied to personal attacks. We should always turn the other cheek and ignore an insult. Well, Sophia, I think that we all should talk about what happened, she began tentatively. What happened is that your friend was super rude, Sophia snapped. I think we can talk about that, but mostly I think we should all agree that it's okay to think differently about some stuff. Like if I ask every girl here to raise their hands if they like sparkly blue, like as much as I do, some wouldn't raise their hand because they wouldn't agree with me. Maybe they like sparkly pink better. But I don't want to be enemies with those girls. Well, sparkly blue isn't the best. Pink is. 
Sophia refused to even consider that possibility. She was that determined to be stubborn. But some people think sparkly blue is, Sophia. And that's what I'm saying. It doesn't really matter. I can like something, and you don't have to like it. But we can still be friends. I don't like bugs at all. But Emily loves them. I just think they're creepy. But Emily, well, she'll pick up any old nasty bug and think it's adorable. But we're still going to be good friends. Because that's not going to change just because she loves bugs and I don't. Emily's eyes were shining with delight. And even you, Sophia, think about it. You love chocolate milk. And so does Emily. But I gag every time I drink it. But I still think you're super fun and funny. Sophia smiled in spite of herself and then looked at Emily, who was nodding. Okay, so maybe we should all agree that it doesn't really matter. If you believe in Santa or don't, that's okay. We can still be friends. I just hope that everyone knows that Christmas is all about Jesus. And even if you don't, you're still my friend. But I'll still try to convince you that Jesus is why we have Christmas. But don't get me wrong. I still like to sing Santa Claus is Coming to Town or listen to Twas the Night Before Christmas. I love that poem. Sophia's face softened as Emily responded. Soph, I'm sorry for being rude about Santa. I understand why you would be upset. You've been taught about Santa Claus, and that's okay. I should have been more respectful of your beliefs. Would you please forgive me? Sophia reached out and hugged Emily tightly. I'm sorry too, Emily. It's fine for you not to believe in Santa. You know what? My brother doesn't believe in Santa either. And I still love him. I guess. Sophia giggled. <laughs> I am so glad we solved that. Hey, look, it's snowing. Every girl in the first grade class began to look at the sky where snow flurries were beginning to fall. Penelope was thrilled, so thrilled that she almost began to cry. As she imagined the conversation she would be having with babies Priscilla and Patience at home, who would be experiencing their first snowfall ever. It was snowing gently at the moment, but Penelope hoped with all her heart that by the end of the evening, there would be a sizable amount of snow on the ground. As Penelope watched her friends play on the monkey bars together, it dawned on her that she had been a peacemaker. Mama Peters frequently encouraged Penelope to be a peacemaker and often quoted the verse from Romans 12:18 to her. Penelope, remember, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with one another. Penelope thought about Jesus. Penelope thought about Jesus and how he had come to earth as a baby, God in human form. He was the king. He didn't have to do that, but he did. She thought about how Jesus had suffered so much, but he had never defended himself. And today, she hadn't defended herself either. It wasn't that she didn't want to defend herself, because she did. But she thought about how Jesus was so humble and didn't get angry when people accused him of things he hadn't done. She began to hum the old Christmas hymn and thought about the line that said, Peace on earth, goodwill to men, from heaven's all-gracious king. That gracious king had helped her to be a peacemaker that day. She uttered a quick prayer of, Thank you, Lord. 
and then turned to Sophia, who had run up to her and asked, Hey, by the way, are you serious? Sparkly blue is your favorite? You are so wrong. Sophia was laughing <laughs> and winked at Penelope. Well, Sophia, sparkly blue is beautiful. But yes, pink is pretty nice too. No matter what you think about sparkly blue, we can be great friends. At that, she slipped her arm through Sophia's and they skipped over to the monkey bars, where together they stood and waited for their turn. Hi there, this is Grandmom's Corner. Today's story underscores the importance of getting along with people, even with those who might not believe exactly as you do. The most important thing to remember is that we are to speak kindly to everyone and as much as possible to stay peaceful, make peace, and keep the peace. Be willing to admit you just might not know everything and that you could be wrong. Be humble and admit when you've acted like a know-it-all because no one knows it all. When Emily told Sophia that she didn't believe the way she believed, Sophia got angry and lashed out at Emily. Instead of Emily humbling herself and treating Sophia kindly despite how mean Sophia was being, she lashed out too. And before too long, both of the girls had hurt and angry feelings. For the last several years, I've taught a first grade Sunday school class. Frequently, there will be skirmishes between some of the children. Not too long ago, there was an argument between two of the children. The children play with Legos before the class starts, and one of the children had grabbed some Legos from another child's hand. Instead of coming to me and quietly telling me what had happened, they took matters into their own hands and called the other person a name. I noticed the ruckus and called them both over. I had them tell me what had happened and each child explained their side of it. I reminded each of them that the Bible says that we are to be kind and forgiving toward each other. They listened intently and both of them settled down. The one who had done the name calling admitted that they wouldn't have wanted to be called a name and apologized. Both of the children humbled themselves and admitted that they had done wrong. It reminds me of a passage in Colossians 3, which perfectly describes how we are to act toward one another. Let me turn to that passage in Colossians 3 and read it to you before I close. Verses 12 through 15. So as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all of these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And listen to this last verse. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you were called in one body, and be thankful. Remember those words this week. And also remember, it's not only what you say, but how you say it that's important. We look forward to you coming back next week. Bye for now.